2: This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
0: Things are getting dicey up in Michigan. Carlin vs. Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and you can always hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, eight 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 3776 I'm in Indianapolis. Joseph is in parts unknown outside of Las Vegas, Nevada. And, Joseph, in Michigan, things are getting a little little bit tricky for Jim Harbaugh yet again. The allegations out there now, thanks to a story that came out in The Athletic yesterday, that Michigan is being investigated by the NCAA and by the Big Ten in a potential sign-stealing, illegal scouting-type sc- scandal. Here's the idea, that Michigan sent a staffer to... Games of future opponents and even potential college football playoff opponents to help work on figuring out their signs on the sideline and what they meant in terms of plays. Now, the big no no here in college football is not necessarily the sign stealing, it's the fact that you cannot legally scout a team in person. Now, you asked a question earlier, why can't you do that, right? The reason that rule was put into place was more over advantage than anything else. It was... The haves and the have-nots, it was the teams with the bigger budgets getting a competitive advantage and being able to scout an opponent in person versus maybe a team that could not afford to send somebody to scout teams in in person. So that's why, ultimately, that rule was put into place. It was a while ago, and coaches never liked it at the time because they wanted to be able to get nuances and stuff in person. So if you are Harbaugh, who, by the way, is 100% denying any knowledge of any wrongdoing here whatsoever, not terribly surprising there, Uh, this is... A very tricky situation where you already had an NCAA investigation that is not wrapped up yet. People might be thinking Harbaugh served a three-game suspension. That was self-imposed by Michigan after a four-game suspension had been negotiated with the NCAA. That case is not closed with the NCAA. So you got two things going on right now with Harbaugh. This is very, very tricky, and yet... Not at all surprising to me, not because it's Michigan, but because I think this kind of stuff happens all over college football.
3: I mean, not to say we've reached this point, if in fact something has been happening in Michigan regarding, quote, sign stealing, but you start talking about two possible infractions this close to one another. I mean, lack of institutional control is the first thing that comes to mind for me. Not saying that that's what's going to happen, but I I don't think you want to keep surfacing in the media because there's an issue with improper benefits, and then all of a sudden there's a competitive advantage problem with scouting. Like, walk quietly. Walk quietly if you can. You don't want to keep popping up for these things. So we'll see where the judiciary process takes us. I get the rule. If you're in violation of the rule, so be it. I, I, I really just... I don't know. There seems like there's greater travesties going on that I don't need to get all banged up about someone trying to steal signs because it feels like it probably is something that a lot of guys are doing. I, I, I don't know that. It just feels like there would be people that would be looking for this advantage. We, we're talking about money here, right? That's ultimately what we're talking about. The more you win, the more money you make. The more you win, The further you advance in the rankings, the further you improve your chances of getting to the playoff, of possibly winning a championship, the money, the financial windfall from the the conferences and their share and the TV rights, and then it trickling down to the coaches and then through NIL to the players. It's a powerful incentive to break the rules, to try to gain an edge one way or another. And if you're Michigan... The last couple years, you have found your way to the playoff and you have unceremoniously found your way out on your rear end after the opening round. I mean, you should have beaten TCU last year and you couldn't get it done. The year before that, you got hammered by Georgia. So if it turns out this is true, and we don't know if it is, they're just allegations, but it wouldn't shock me in the absolute least because Michigan's trying to win championships and it's not really working right now in terms of talent and coaching. They're trying to find an edge. They can't get past the big boys right now.
0: Well, just a little while ago, we had Mike Norvell on, the head coach at Florida State, and we asked him about this and about how you defend against sign stealing after accusations like this at Michigan pop up. And he wasn't dealing specifically with Michigan, but this was his response.
2: There's rules in place for, for what what to do and how to do it. So just to being able to, you know, abide
3: by that and, you know, when you're in, when you're in game and you know, I mean, obviously we we
4: uh, we know that uh, you know people are always looking and people are always watching. You know, from from the other sideline
3: or press box or wherever that is. So just trying to to make sure that we do things uh, to to keep uh, keep you know everybody off guard and um, you know just to communicate the best way possible. But um, you know, like I said, I don't don't really know all the details that are coming with that specific situations.
0: Listen, as you detailed there with Michigan and with other places, it, look, it's. Anything to get an edge. Anything to get an edge. And I can tell you about two specific things that I've known about that happened. Number one, uh, we talked about Kirby Smart when he left Georgia and Nick Saban. Um, Kirby had stayed to coach the bowl game after he had gotten the job to be head coach at Georgia. And on his way out the door, he took a picture of their recruiting board and sent it to all his potential recruits at Georgia. Same kids that he's going after at Alabama and says, this is how Coach Saban has you ranked. You're only down at eighth, come to play for me, you're number one. Let's go. So that's <laughs> that's a little sketchy. I mean that's that's more than a little Especially sketchy. Especially for the guy who
3: gave you that job. I mean, come exactly. on.
0: Exactly. That tells you where the mentality is. There are no friends. It is not show friends. It is show business. And number two, uh, now this is a story before I was around at Rutgers, but there was a time back in the mid to late 90s uh, at the Rutgers practice facility. There is a uh, an apartment building, a tall apartment building that is probably a half mile to three quarters of a mile away. There was a staffer from, a school in the big east a good school in the big east that was found over there a half a mile to three quarters of a mile away using high powered binoculars to watch and take notes of a rutgers practice what like yes and and keep in mind that's rutgers back in the mid to late 90s not good not good at all. You didn't and necessarily need to lo- do
3: that to beat Rutgers, is what you're
0: saying? It was a, I'm saying a high-level opponent in the Big East is going to do that to make sure they beat Rutgers. At that point, when they were really down, I mean, Joe, the point is, these coaches will do anything they have to in order to get any kind of an edge that they can. Okay. And there's, so, a, and there's also, but by the way, this is why every last one of them is as paranoid as they are.
3: Yeah, and without question. Anybody who's paranoid, well, it's probably because there's reason to be paranoid, right? Like, there are yeah. certain things throughout the course of my life that I might look at a little bit differently than other people because you know, you know what's behind door number two. You have an idea. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Like, eh, well, I'm not going to get into it. There's, there's people listening to this, so I don't need any examples. I was about <laughs> to share one, and then I was like, wait a minute, why would I say that out loud under any circumstance. I don't even want to tell you guys via text. So, all right, back to the issue at hand. So, here we are. Michigan is one of the top teams in the country. At one point this week, they were the national championship favorites. That changed yesterday. Georgia went back in front of them, but it's a very close race. Harbaugh is now finding himself in the crosshairs of not one, but two investigations. Something to keep in mind, as has been previously discussed, if the heat continues to turn up here and possible infractions are going to be handed down, How long do you think he wants to hang around for that? Because if you're going to hand a penalty to Michigan that involves a possible postseason ban, well, they're about to expand to 12. High-level recruits don't want to come play for you if you aren't going to be in the postseason when everyone's watching, when all the teams are watching, when heroes are made, when legends are born, right? So that would mean if he's going to pull the ripcord and get out of there, I think we all have an idea of what would be next. Yeah, I think it's you're looking at NFL. You're looking at the Chicago Bears. You're you think looking it's the, at other, oh, the
0: Bears, huh? I, I think the Bears are. Listen, where else could we be looking at? Do you want to look at Carolina? Because I mean, we both think Frank Reich is going to be one and done. I mean, Robert Kraft in are New going. England.
3: That would be amazing if you go oh, for Bill Belichick over to Jim Harbaugh. Oh, my God. Here's one wow. for you. Here's one for you in a shocking, shocking twist. The Ravens fired John Harbaugh to hire Jim Harbaugh. (laughs) (laughs) John Harbaugh immediately named special teams coach. (laughs) Kidding. We're obviously kidding for everyone driving around, getting all worked up right now. We're just having some fun. It's Friday. Take it easy.
0: Although the Ravens are frauds, and we'll find that out this weekend. All
3: right. Um, You said that earlier, too. I wouldn't say that. It's still a formidable football team.
0: Okay, whatever. Um, Listen. (laughs) When it comes to Harbaugh in this mess, all you got to do is follow the Pete Carroll playbook, all right? Oh, yeah. Pete Carroll had everything come down at USC on him. You know what? I got to go. We're going to Seattle. I'm out (laughs) of here. Yeah. Boys, good luck with all this. I'll see you later. That's (laughs) it for me. Thanks a lot, everybody. that i could absolutely see that if this if this investigation again it's all allegations right now if this investigation really gains steam and it looks like it's headed in the wrong direction are we going to be surprised if this is the time that Jim Harbaugh decides that he's going to go back to the league after so many other times he's professed his love for the University of Michigan i mean i'm not going to be stunned if if he actually goes back to the nfl and and the one thing that ultimately is interesting to me about college versus the league, although it's a little bit less the case now, in college, Jim Harbaugh plays exceptionally well because it's three and four years and you're out, or it's, you know, the transfer portal now. In the NFL, if you're at an organization for four years, sometimes, you know, people can wear on you a little bit, and that in addition to how he was not getting along with jed york with the 49ers that was a factor too even though there's no disputing jim harbaugh got the absolute best out of the 49ers and they were in the super bowl and that wasn't an accident so i am fascinated to watch this whole thing play out
3: without a shadow of a doubt without a shadow of a doubt these are very serious allegations very serious allegations. I'm I'm very interested to see what the developments are going to be here. But to your point, you're right. There's a new age of coaching. This younger generation, they don't want to be screamed at. They don't want to be yelled at. They, want to, they don't want you grabbing the face mask and getting in their business. They want to be coached differently. Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, younger guys that understand how to relate to the younger generation. That's what works when it comes to communication and culture in a modern NFL locker room.
0: There's no doubt. No doubt about it whatsoever. My friend... Psst. The secret to winning game days this college football season, that's Eckrich Smoked Sausage. Who doesn't love Eckrich Smoked Sausage? Visit Eckrich.com for dozens of simple mouth-watering recipes to elevate your next tailgate. You know what I saw yesterday? Somebody exactly. that had cut up some sausage and had put barbecue sauce and brown sugar on it and cooked it for 45 minutes. It looked amazing.
3: All right, we haven't had lunch yet. You don't need to get into all this. It's just going to cause problems for the rest of the show.
0: But I uh, listen. That that looked like it was top notch. Like I mm. put it this way, I click save right there on that little TikTok that I'm nobody, watching there. Nobody was questioning that. Nobody was. That. Nobody was questioning stunning that. that it, Stunning that I'm on food TikTok. Carlin vs. Joe, ESPN Radio. Hey, what do Nick Saban and Tommy Boy have in common? You'll find out next.
2: This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
0: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive
1: must be 21 plus and present in present and select states gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply see app for details
2: they said what what i have to believe 1 and 1 is 3 i, I can't i can't uh, operate where 1 and 1 is 2 they said what, what?
0: I tell you what, every single time, every time I forget that's coming, and the second I hear Jerry Jones say, "I have to," I just my smile comes right across my face. I am immediately laughing. It is one of my all-time favorites. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel eighty. Believe that one and one is three. What does that even mean?
3: I love it. I I think I'm just like you. I don't expect that to come. It it happens. We should know. But, like, it starts playing and you hear it. And the post-mortem I do on it each time, I think about that for a full minute to a minute plus each time. Like, thankfully, you're driving and you started talking. Because I was breaking that down. I'm like, I know he's probably trying to get a point across about being clever and thinking outside the box. And I love the way he did it. I just love it.
0: (laughs) It's so fantastic. It's just a Jerry Jones word salad is about as good as it gets. It really is. Yes, sir. And this is is coming from a man who has more than prepared my share of word salads. (laughs) All right. Let's get to it. They said what? Let's hear from Saquon Barkley, the Giants running back,
5: who wants to stay put. No, I mean, I never crossed my mind. Obviously, I've been public and vocal about how I feel about this organization and where I want to be. But like I said, um, uh, knowing the business and seeing that side of it, there's a lot of things that I can't control, so... um sitting here everyone knows how I feel no one, everyone knows I don't want to get traded or, I mean I don't think anybody in their right mind would want to get traded anywhere it's not an easy thing to do, you gotta move I have a family, uh, I would love to be here but like I said it's not in my control my focus is to be the leader I can be for the team and try to get this thing on the right track
0: Look, I get it, and I respect it. The problem is the Giants are god-awful, and they've already shown you that they're not going to pay you for the long term. So what's left to discuss about this? I, Joe, look, he's been banged up. Nothing has happened this season that's going to increase the likelihood of Saquon Barkley getting paid.
3: Yeah, but you know what? Be a team leader. Be mature about it. You might not feel that way, but why vent your frustrations to the media and make this a huge distraction and only raise questions as to whether or not you can buy in? Just continue doing what you're doing. Give the empty platitudes. Say how much you want to be a part of the organization, how much you want to be there. But you're right. At the end of the day, you can't control it, so you'll see what ends up happening. Handle your business. Let the rest take care of itself. Barkley's the type of guy that's going to find himself in a good situation one way or another. If we're going to deal in common sense,
0: I'm going to go home early, okay? You want want
3: outrageous takes? All right, whatever the next one is, I promise I'll get more outrageous for you.
0: Here's Sean McVay, the Rams head coach. He's got a baby
3: on the way. My wife's doing great. I think there was a lot made about me missing a game. I'm not going to miss a game. My son knows better than to come during a game, all right? So uh, that's not going to be anything that we have to worry about. But she's been awesome. Everything is kind of on schedule for what we had planned and do not see that interfering with anything as it relates football-wise. Just Joseph, pure response. <laughs> okay. As a father of two who both came at times they were not supposed to come, I can tell you right now if he's going into parenthood thinking that he's got this under control and everything's going to go according to plan, buddy – I got a couple bridges out here in Las Vegas I would love to sell you because it's all about unpredictability. That's how it works. They give you a target date, and he might even be speaking to the C section component. You see, people just assume that because you schedule a C section, that's going to end up going according to plan. My wife had two, and she said it's okay that I talk about this, but both kids came via C section, and both kids, one came a day early. And one came a week early and we were caught completely off guard both times. In fact, my final audition to score a gig on Daily Wager before it launched was supposed to take place the day of my second child's birth. He wasn't due for another week. She woke me up in the middle of the night. She goes, I think he's coming. I go, well, how likely is this? She goes, I've been having contractions for a few hours. And I was like, oh, my God, how can you give birth and I go do this audition? And then you realize, no, you're not doing the audition. Everything is fine. But, like, if McVeigh thinks everything's going to go according to plan, just hope for one thing, the happiness and health of your wife and your child. That's the only thing that matters. The timing means nothing. And is it wrong that I now root
0: for that kid to come, you know, he gets the call three o'clock on November 5th when they're in the middle of playing Green Bay going to the fourth quarter.
3: Okay. That, you know, I'm not going to fight that. But if you're talking about like this weekend, you and I are both laying the three with the Rams against the Steelers. By the way, the market's moving to three and a half. We're trying to give you the heads up. I I don't want to jinx the mojo on the bet this weekend. Listen,
0: that kid's got gambling instincts. I can just sense it right now. He's not going to come out and service up the old screw job. Uh, Up next, Von Miller on Josh Allen jumping into these pregame fights. You can't try to tame a Mustang. You know, you just got to let him be. You got to let him be wild and let him be him. Like, you can't try to tame him and try to change him. This has often been said about me, and the thing I would say here having dealt with this kind of thing personally. Even a Mustang, though, has to understand that getting into a pregame fight is not good for your football team. I've never understood why anybody would ever throw a punch at somebody with a helmet on and yet yeah. we see it all the time in
3: football. It happens far more than you would think it would. Like you sit there and it's like that doesn't make any sense and yet it happens, but it shows the unpredictable or it shows the predictable nature of fighting, right? Nothing about yeah. a fight is logical outside of guys who do it for a living inside of a squared circle or an octagon. Like for guys that are doing it on the drop of a hat, that's strictly emotion. There is no logic, there is no reason which is why you're throwing your bare hand at a really, what, 35-pound piece of steel? And, uh, you know, doesn't make a lot of sense to everybody. No. And and the 53rd man's job
0: on that roster is to go and grab the quarterback if there's something that breaks out, especially if he's Josh Allen. Get him out of there. What the hell else are you doing today? Up next, Nick Saban, the Alabama head coach. This is him talking about Arkansas quarterback KJ Jefferson after the game.
4: You know, when a quarterback can take a, a, a major college football player and sling him off like a gnat on a fly's ass—I mean, a fly on a gnat on a cow's ass—I mean, that, that 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 was one of the most impressive plays I've ever seen a player make.
0: It's nothing worse than getting caught up in one of those analogies and it's just not working.
3: He and had he a just great completely opportunity. Completely screwed up. He had a great yeah. opportunity to bust on himself there, too. He really had a great opportunity to just kind of laugh at that. And, the, you know, the building would have gone nuts for it because it's Saban. He's so serious so much of the time. Well, but you know what it sounded like? It
0: sounded like Tommy Boy.
3: <laughs> hey, I tell you what, you can take a good look at a butcher's by sticking your head up there. But wouldn't you rather take his word for it? What? I'm uh, failing to make the connection here, son No, I mean You can get a good look at a T-bone By sticking your head up a butcher's (laughs) But then, no It's gotta be your bull Wow (laughs) More of that Anytime you can get that in the show, it's a winner I'm failing to make the connection here, son
0: (laughs) Oh my god Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Next thing you know, there's money missing. Anyway, we are presented by Progressive (laughs) Insurance. Make sure you tune in to college football action tomorrow night as USC hosts Utah. It's presented by Dr. Pepper. Coverage begins 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. And speaking of college football, the big game this weekend is in Columbus. And a former buckeye gets us ready next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM, Channel 80.
2: This is the Carlin vs. Joe Podcast on ESPN Radio.
3: Robert Half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI.
2: There's no team I love more than this team. The rivalries. We got a national championship to chase. This is
4: college football as good as it gets. The drama. Launching downfield all
2: the way to the end zone. College football lives here. ESPN Radio. It is a big one. Number
0: three, Ohio State. Number seven, Penn State. Noon tomorrow, Columbus, Ohio at the Horseshoe. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN radio, Bobby Carpenter, the former Ohio State linebacker. He of Sirius XM radio and the host of the Bobby Carpenter Show podcast. He joins us right now. Uh, Bobby, we'll get to the collective laugh out of the Midwest that we have heard today from the entire city of Columbus and state of Ohio. Ohio, directed uh, in the direction of Michigan uh, in just a bit. But first, let's start with this matchup. Talk to me about Ohio State. I have been of the opinion that the Buckeyes are not as good as they have been in recent years. Tell me why I'm wrong.
4: Well, I think they're different than they have been. And so everybody was used to them going out and scoring 50 to 55 points a game, and their defense maybe wasn't up to par by the standards that they've historically had. And this year it's a little bit different. They have really good receivers on the outside. They have a young quarterback. They're still breaking in a little bit. And, you know, they've been offensive line-wise been going through some things trying to run the football. But this defense is really good. And that's where I think that difference is, is they've played really good football on the defensive side. And while the offense is progressing, they've had some big plays, they've had some explosives, they just necessarily haven't looked as efficient as they maybe have in the past, where they'd get the ball five times and a half and score five touchdowns.
3: You know, Bobby, as we're trying to break this game down, what do we make of Penn State? Undefeated, yes. Defense looking good through the first six so games of the season. Yeah, they've been fantastic. Top two in scoring defense. But here's the thing. They haven't really played anybody. they played UMass. They've played Delaware. They've had a relatively soft schedule leading into this game. So are we to believe Penn State is a legitimate big 10 national championship contender, or are they more of a byproduct of what we've seen from the schedule?
4: Well, I think that they're a national championship contender, which is true. And then I think another thing that's true is that they do, they have had a soft schedule. So it's, it's tough to get a full evaluation on them. I know last year they were a very good team. I mean, they had two losses and their only two losses were Ohio state, Michigan, like, and they had Ohio state by the throat and let them go. Uh, And that was over in happy Valley. So I think that they're good. Drew Aller, I think, is an upgrade at quarterback physically with what he can do. Now, experience-wise, he's still got some work to do, and he still needs to get some reps, and he needs to play in a big-time road environment. But they haven't asked him to do a lot. They haven't pushed the ball down the field a ton. He's been very efficient underneath. And in the mid-range, there's the running game with uh, uh, Catron Allen and Nicholas Singleton, both really talented running backs. Offensive line, I think, is, is pretty good i don't know if they're as good as they were last year but they their defense does such a good job of getting off the field they create a lot of turnovers they have a they get a lot of sacks and their special teams is good they i think have the best drive starting average in the nation and so they don't have a ton of explosive plays but they grind the football on you and they always have short field so that's been their recipe for success we'll see if it changes but they've done a really good job of leaning into that thus far
0: Bobby Carpenter, former Ohio State linebacker, host of the Bobby Carpenter Show podcast, joining us. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Bobby, when you look at James Franklin at Penn State in the past, why does he continue to struggle in these big spots, especially on the road?
4: Well, The big, the big criticism of James Franklin is his game-day coaching ability. And you go back and you have a number of friends that are – Penn State fans who, you know, they love James Franklin and hate him at the same time because he gets you right to the precipice of greatness, and then when you play in another team that has uh, talent that's equatable, then, and you're on that same level, it feels like he maybe gets outcoached. And if you go, especially in this series, you go back and look at it. I mean, until Michigan won the big time, I mean, they were the only team that had been able uh, to really take it to Ohio State. They beat them in 2016. Did a heck of a job. Won the Big Ten that year. The Ohio State routed off you know, four or five straight before Michigan came along, and so they've been right there on the doorstep. They've had tons of NFL talent. You look at some of the guys that had John Dotson, um, Allen. You know, obviously we at Bark Saquon Barkley, I and mean, they've got big time players. Micah Parsons, for heaven's sake. But they have elite players that they've recruited there. So James Franklin does a great job running the program. Elite recruiter beats everybody he should beat. And then in those big games, it feels like ah, maybe that's where he's getting out coached. I think that that's then the bane of his existence. There is he's got him right very close, but just hadn't been able to kick the door in.
5: All
3: right, so we've got Georgia number one, Michigan number two. Does the winner of this game solidify themselves as number three, or do they possibly move up higher?
4: I mean, here's the thing: like if you're going off schedule, I mean, if Ohio State ended up winning, they would have beaten Notre Dame and Penn State, two top 15 programs, uh, one at home and one on the road. You know, I mean, Michigan, they haven't – they've had a schedule that's been very similar to Penn State. It's been very soft thus far. Their toughest games, they finished the season with Penn State, Maryland, and Ohio State. So it's not that it won't get tougher, but right now, you know, they haven't played anyone really. Um, And then Georgia, like, it's going to be interesting with them because – Brock Bowers bailed them out against Auburn. He's been their safety blanket. He's kind of the one holdover from their last two title teams that's been a playmaker for them and a leader. And I, I think Georgia's really good, and they show you in spurts how good they can be, and then all of a sudden you know, they let Auburn rush for 200 yards on them. And so, it, it, and then they smoke Kentucky. So when you're up and down like that, that can eventually get you. But Kirby's got them playing pretty good ball, and I, I really like what Carson Beck is doing. They just have to – be more consistent, and I don't, I don't know if we'll fully see what Georgia is till probably later in the season when, when they start playing Tennessee, and then maybe not until the, the SEC championship.
0: Bobby Carpenter, former Ohio State linebacker, joining us right now. Uh, I'm sure there are a whole lot of people in Columbus who are a ver- taking a very <laughs> measured approach to what's going on in Michigan today. So, what was your reaction to what's being reported?
4: Yeah, the, the sad thing. Is, I um, you know, I hate to see this stuff. You know, regardless of who it's with and whatever, and you, you do laugh a little bit when it's your rival, and you know, you maybe take a little bit of pleasure. Um, in it, you know, Jim Harbaugh has been very chesty with everything, and the article with Pete Thamel that came out, and you see all the, the accusations that are going to get detailed, I guess, later on, and we'll see kind of how all this materializes. But it, it's kind of wild, uh, Carling, because right now, I mean, you're on the eve of the, I mean, the biggest game in the last month, and it's right there on par with Notre Dame. And so that that has kind of swallowed up a lot of the oxygen from this story. I think next week in Columbus, it'll breathe a lot more. But right now, I don't think that there's near as much reaction as probably there would be given the fact that it's a Friday you know, before a huge game.
3: Bobby, if this is the type of thing that really catches fire in terms of the allegations leveled against Harbaugh and Michigan and maybe they find some veracity to all of this, do you think this is the type of thing that could get Harbaugh to jump back to the NFL?
4: You would, you could argue that by his actions, he's like trying to drive himself out. You know, with the stuff that happened during recruiting, he's been, like I said, very chesty and non-compliant when it comes to dealing with the NCAA and his school. And you know, and then obviously you have this element uh, that just happened here, uh, and we'll see. Like, uh, there's there's limited detail. so I don't want to make some like grandstanding overture. How this is a huge deal, or maybe not a deal at all. Like I, I couldn't tell you, but. It does seem like he said he wanted to be back in Michigan. He said he wanted to finish his career. He loved it there. And then you still feel like there's this flirtation to where, you know, if if an NFL team called him that, hey, we want you to come here and be our coach, that he would probably take that.
0: I love Bobby, we appreciate the time. And I love how you answered the question about how are they reacting in Columbus, basically saying we got to beat Penn State first, but then we're really going to enjoy this next week.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the, the last Christmas present under the tree. Like, let's win this game, and then we can laugh about this next week, hopefully. Exactly.
0: Bobby, awesome stuff. We appreciate it, man. Thanks. Anytime, gentlemen. Thank you. Bobby Carpenter, former Ohio State linebacker, Sirius XM Radio, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. Make sure you tune in for football action this Sunday. Ravens hosting the Lions. Coverage begins at noon Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. One thing that we like to do, and you may, you may not, I don't know, we like to make money. And so we're going to attempt to do that in just moments, thanks to a gesture of goodwill on the part of Joseph and myself. And you will find out all about it next
2: on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert.
1: Pizza, pizza.
3: All right, we've handed out three so far. Bryce Harper Harper over half a walk later today, minus 110. Rams minus three. Chargers plus five and a half. Two more for you. College football. Florida Atlantic plus three over University of Texas San Antonio. Why? I got a tip. And that's pretty much all it is. It's a guy I Why? trust. Why not? He, it's it's a guy I trust. He's good at what he does. He likes Florida Atlantic this weekend, plus the three. I said, all right, I'm going to shotgun that all over the airwaves, and we'll go from there. So that's another one for you. And then in the UFC tomorrow over in Abu Dhabi, co-main event, Hamzat shamaev inside the distance, minus 125 over Kamaro Usman. I love Usman. I really do. But he's taking this fight on short notice. He's moving up in weight class and he's fighting a dude that is as terrifying as they come in the UFC. I love the fact that he's stepping in and, like, quietly I want to root for him, but I think the money is on Chemayev finishing this one inside the distance. So your final five picks for pizza money, Bryce Harper over half a walk, Rams minus three over the Steelers, Chargers plus five and a half over the Chiefs, Florida Atlantic plus three over UTSA, and Hamza Chemayev inside the distance minus 125 over Kamaru Usman.
2: The bigger the parlay, the the more it will pay. It's big money. Very big big money. It's time to head into the control room for this week's Producer Parlay.
0: For those who are unfamiliar or new to the show, we give you the Producer Parlay every week at this time. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Joseph, the Producer Parlay.
3: Lay it out for us, will you? Yeah, it's basically just charity at this point because it's not like we're making anything back on this. Carlin and I have decided that we are the people here. We like to lead from the front on Carlin versus Joe, and we have taken it upon ourselves to take care of the very people that work so hard on these shows, the producers, the board ops. So every week we front the cash for an eight-leg parlay, the eight choices of which are determined by each show. This show, for example, The Handman and Evan Wilner will work together for our pick. And you go through the variety of shows here on ESPN radio. Producers and board ops will work together. If the parlay, the eight leg parlay ends up hitting, we divvy up the money and give it out to all the individuals responsible. Carlin and I keep nothing. But again, this thing hasn't gone very well this year. There are zero winners. So there's nothing to divvy up. So, gentlemen, we turn it over to you. The producers and board ops yeah
4: that's cute that you think that handman and i discussed this he basically just makes a pick and i live with it oh this is a handman op this <laughs> yeah, is a handman oh yeah. you know it yeah. yeah
3: okay okay well it is his
0: birthday after all it is his it birthday is, week yep. yes
4: <laughs>
0: oh my god his i can't get over will. the fact that you're throwing yourself a birthday yeah. party wow just well disgusting. he's
3: not in his 30s yet let's, let's let him have some fun you don't have to ruin yeah, it's his not life even just yet. A, but that's the
0: thing it's, it's not even a monumental birthday That's 29.
3: It's celebrate the Mm -hmm. last one. It's the last good one before everything starts getting real. Handman, you're going to be held to a different standard next year. It's kind of like when the rookie quarterback signs the big contract. (laughs) All of a sudden, people expect more, so you better be ready.
5: I've I've (laughs) been told by one Shannon Penn that I will be washed as of next year, so. Oh wow. Yeah, that's that's pretty wow. good. That's
3: pretty good take. That, and it feels <laughs> feels about right. Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah. You're talking to two guys who have been washed.
0: Oh my god, for so long. All right, man. All right, Wilner. Let's have our producer selections from all the ESPN shows. Evan, please lead the way.
4: Yeah, the unsportsman likes going B. John Robinson anytime touchdown. Greenies going with Eagles, Dolphins under fifty-one and a half total. Freddie and Harry's going with Gabe Davis over 35 and a half receiving yards. Amber and Ian, Raheem Mostert, anytime touchdown.
3: Okay, a couple okay, things let's, here. Let's I like Bijan Robinson, anytime touchdown at plus 130. Uh, Tampa Bay's defense has struggled against the run. When do you get these picks? When did Greeny's team turn that pick in? So very recently, uh, like within the last hour, because they sent two that
4: weren't eligible to be parlayed.
3: So to be clear, I went on his show a few hours ago, gave them this pick, and then they turned around and shotgunned it right back to us? It was their third choice
2: also, so. Oh, that, doesn't, wow.
3: that doesn't change the fact that they took information from me and then turned around and fired it right back at our show. All right, that sounds good. Raheem Wait. Mostert, anytime, TD. I don't see a price on that, but all right, we're cooking here. We're cooking. Hold on. Uh, Raheem Mostert, minus right.
4: 150 on that. By the way, so you went on Greenie today, and you didn't know they had the hashtag at
3: the beginning of the name. No, I. I mean, I've seen it. I just didn't know the show was called Hashtag Greeny. I thought the show was Greeny. Listen. Also, is Carlin no longer on a microphone? What the hell is going on in Indiana? What's this guy doing? I'm still right here. I'm right here. Do you not hear me? I, get the, I see the big oh, lips sorry. flapping, but I don't hear anything for a few seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, here's the thing. I fell in on Greeny for
0: oh, like a year and a half at different times, and I'd never once called it hashtag Greeny, so don't feel bad.
5: Yeah, okay, I appreciate that. Thank you. What's the other half of this parlay? All right, we're starting with Carlin versus Joe here. We're also going to UFC 294 in Abu Dhabi. Hamzachi Chimaya versus Kamaru Usman, the co-main event. Going over two and a half rounds. Uh, game night, Raiders at the Bears. They're going under 37 and a half points. The Paul Feinbaum show, tight end for the Detroit. It's National Tight End Day this weekend, right? Sam Laporta over yeah. 41 and a half. And Saquon Barkley, this is the remotes, anytime touchdown. Okay. Um,
3: I noticed that I just gave out a pizza money of Hamzat Shemaev to win inside the distance, you and then yep. you followed up by betting an mm-hmm. over on that, huh?
5: Yeah, okay. I guess I just... Disapp- we're really
3: going to try to thread the needle on that one hand, man. Yeah, well, like we're I- going to need this to end <laughs> in the third, fourth, or fifth.
5: Well, well, no, it's a three-round fight, um, and so basically... Wait, that's not going to be a five-round fight? No, I believe it's a three-round fight. Boy, you and I are really trying to thread
3: the needle, so I need Shemaev to finish the fight in the final two minutes and 30 seconds for both of us to win? Correct, yes then then I'm just wasting 20 bucks on this here or my my bet which is much larger is here's, gonna the, here's the
5: here's the handicap that I would throw back at you you mentioned that Kamar Usman took the sh- uh, fight on short notice that is 100 correct and maybe you didn't know the fight was three rounds and not five rounds um so that's the reason why this guy has fought five round fights for the last like five six seven years uh, as the 170 pound champ so I believe he's gonna be able to go the distance uh, I am picking Hazma to win it though
3: this sucks. That should be a five-round fight. I don't want to watch that for three rounds. I want that to be five rounds. Hey, man, get all right, it that's fixed, a great way. for another You're the day. one
5: who's tied
0: in.
3: Yeah, yeah come hand on. Handman, reach out to Dana. Tell him we want this thing as five rounds, all right? He's probably not that busy over in the Middle East dealing with everything they're come dealing on. with over there in terms of getting this promotion set up. All right, so what's this thing pay out? That's what everyone wants to know. What are we looking at here? 20 pays what?
5: $5,439. Whoa. Whoa! This is the big. This is the biggest wow. one to date.
3: It is.
0: It is. We got some long odds here, and you know, it, you know Robinson. Nice? Could we huge. actually come? Could we actually come close on it?
5: What's the closest we've gotten so far, boys? Five, two, and one. So basically, so five wins, five, two lo- two losses, and one push. Not bad. All
3: right, that's pretty impressive. I I probably would not have thought that you guys got that close. That was also Listen. back in right. week Dude. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's been nothing but downhill. Good. So, I'm throwing money exactly. away. Carlin We've, keeps telling me he's going to send me money for his half of this. He's yet to do it. We're almost at Thanksgiving. This is just going to be me in one big hole, and no one's going to say thank you. Not one person has reached out to be like, hey, this is really cool what you guys are doing. Thanks a lot. Uh, it kind of feels
0: like a you problem at this point, not a me problem. <laughs>
2: Thanks for listening to the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin vs. Joe weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin vs. Joe podcast.
3: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring.